0: We're free in this house. Don't you think people are going to think you're crazy? I don't care what people think. I care what God thinks. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And so, but in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 21, this may seem like a uh, very... Uh, odd text for today but the Lord gave this to me this morning in prayer and he says here in the word in verse 21 and when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb you were a thought we were a thought the Bible says we know from from Jesus here of course but we were a thought in the mind of God, before we were even conceived in our mother's womb. Amen? And, uh, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, this is after Jesus is born. And I don't know, 40 days later, uh, after Mary had uh, accomplished everything in her body, they came before the the priest. And as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And they were to offer a sacrifice according uh, to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought him the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against yea, A sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, Mary. I put Mary there, but that's who he was talking to. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was the one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phenuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow, so her husband died very young in in her life. Uh, of about fourscore and four years which departed not from the temple she never departed from the temple as a widow but served God with fastings and prayers night and day and she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise just like Simeon did unto the Lord and spoke of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem let's pray Father, we thank you for today and Lord, I've come before you and I I confess to you and admit to you that I cannot preach this. I cannot convey your thought, your mind, or your heart except you rest your spirit upon me and you anoint me. And Lord, I'm asking You right now, Lord, use me as Your vessel. Speak to this congregation. Put words and thoughts and things in my spirit that I can convey to them that is Your mind and Your thought. As You said, You give the tongue of the learned to speak a word in due season to the weary. God, and I'm asking You to put Your words in my mouth today that You would be glorified and that this message would resonate with this congregation. And God, it would, it would begin to prepare Tell them, Father God, into the generation we're in to accomplish what you've called us to accomplish as your people and as your bride. I ask your blessing upon the word in Jesus' name. We thank you and praise you. And everyone in the church said, praise God, praise God. Now coming back from camp, uh, first of all, I want to tell you this, the title of my message is, uh, that I'm preaching is when God answers prayer when god answers prayer you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it for us to even pray if we didn't believe that god answers prayer but he does answer prayer church he does and i'm going somewhere this morning so stay here with me but i had a bit of a challenge coming back from camp Uh, To combine a message for the youth and the kids, or what took place in the camp uh, and after camp, as well as speaking about the cataclysmic, monumental change that has taken place in our country. Amen. Friday, I believe it was Friday, out of nowhere, I didn't expect it. It was a surprise but our our, our our supreme court overturned a 49 year law of abortion what we've learned through that and i praise god it was a, it was it was it was something that was just monumental it's 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 a biblical proportion. I, I'm still taken back. In fact, I want to confess to you that I I personally had pretty much, you know, said, Lord, you know, this country, we're just circling the drain and we still got a long way to go. But, you know, he said, I'm just proving to you that I can still answer prayer and that I can move miraculously. And don't give up on your nation. Don't give up on where you're at. Because I can tell you, I can change a nation. I can change the heart of a nation. I can begin to bring repentance and bring change. So I give you hope today that God is a prayer answering God. No matter how difficult, no matter how impossible, no matter how what it seems like it could never happen, it'll happen. That ought to give you a hope today in Jesus Christ. You know, one thing that we learn from everything that happened is that God is a sovereign God. Whether He meets us at camp and He changes our teenagers that we thought were dead to the things of God, He's a sovereign God that can meet them and change their heart. But He can also sovereignly act powerfully, on something that we thought would never change. 435 years the children of Israel were in the, the captivity or bondage, I should say, to Pharaoh and the Pharaohs year after year. They were in bondage to that 435 years. But one day God sent a man named Moses that had a vision from a burning bush to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. <laughs> and Pharaoh was one of the first people in the Bible that was, that was pro-abortion because he murdered, he murdered the Hebrew babies. But God changed that and turned it around. Amen. Doesn't matter what the devil tries to do, he raised up a Moses to be a deliverer in that generation. And he said, I'm still doing it again. But he's a sovereign God. We find out what a sovereign, how sovereign he really is. What does that mean? That means he is in complete and total control of this world. He said, I'll build up and tear down, I'll bless. He'll even bring judgment and a curse if he has to. He's God, he can do whatever he wants to do and the bible says that whatever he wills and wishes that that's his sovereign power and authority to do that and what i find is so awesome is that nothing that happens in god or your life or my life is an accident hear me it's not an accident and and All is this is a saying that God is so purposed in my heart as He showed me things recently. Everything is in the will of my is in my will. Everything is in the will of God. I've told Angela again this situation or that situation or this impossible situation, it's all in the will of God. Amen. Everything is there so God can bring about his perfect will and show you and I that he is a prayer answering God. The outpouring at camp. The overturning of Roe versus Wade. I'm telling you, it's something God did. He did it in answer to prayer. How many years have we prayed for God to move in our camps? And God said, in 2022, I did something I've never done in the history of new life. I poured out my spirit in that cafeteria. Amen. I poured out my spirit at that camp. Young people that were dead to the things of God. Who said I don't want nothing to do with God. Answered an altar call and laid there. And worshipped God. He birthed something in them again. He revived something. He restored something. He renewed something. Amen. Hallelujah. So our text just goes to show that we must pray. We must wait for prayer to be answered. And Simeon. I know that it doesn't necessarily say that he prayed, but he prayed. He prayed. Simeon was a just and a devout man. That meant he was dependable and he was devotional. He was a man who had God's heart and he had God's ear. He had had that relationship with God and he was a man who had great relationship with God so much that God revealed a prophetic event to him that would take place and he would see in his lifetime. What I think is so awesome about that is the commentary says that he was about 113 years old. So he was an old man. But God still brought to pass that prophetic word in His lifetime. You may think, is it ever going to happen? It's going to happen. He's going to bring it to pass is it ever going to happen? You know, even if Simeon had never seen God bring about the prophetic word that he spoke to him in a time of prayer and devotion, if he had died, which he didn't, because God promised him that he wouldn't die until it happened. But even if we pray and we go to the grave, our prayers will still be answered because they are immortal. They live beyond the grave. Amen. They live beyond this life. They're eternal. They're immortal. And so uh, reading all of this the commentary says he was an old man and he saw the consolation why did he see the consolation because he waited for it he waited in prayer for it why did they see the outpouring on the day of Pentecost because they waited and they tarried until they were endued with power from upon high and Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and that power will come for one true reason and that is to be a witness a witness of god a witness of his power a witness of his authority a witness that he is a prayer answering god you sit here today redeemed by god you're a witness of god's power and spirit Amen. You're a witness, Lorenzo, because I can tell you there's people said he'll never change, but God has changed you. Walter, you're here. People said he'll never change, but God changed you. You had a wife that prayed, God, change him, and I'm not going to give up on him because you haven't given up on him, and you're here today because God changed you because somebody prayed. So the commentary says... I'm, I'm sorry, the Word of God says also in verse 37 that Anna, who was a woman of God, a widow... And she lived in that tabernacle. She lived in that temple. She was a servant unto the Lord, a woman of much prayer and dedication and sacrifice. It says it there. She was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. She was, you know, some 60-some-year-old woman that was in there and had been there her whole life just about from the time that her husband, husband passed away and she was a widow but she never deviated from that and she prayed and God brought the answer in her lifetime to the prayer that she desired to see which was the consolation of the Lord the consolation of the Lord what is that that's the comfort of God that's the that's the response of God that's the consoling of God upon our life we need God in our life and he knows the answer to give us when we we need it, and exactly what we need. You know, Bob had shared with me, and on Friday he said, "You know," he said, "My mother prayed since 1973, from the moment that they made that law in 73, and the Supreme Court made it a constitutional thing." Uh, and he said, uh, "Which, which." God turned that, we know, but he said, my mother prayed for 49, well, how long she lived, but her whole life. And he said, from the very beginning, she stood upon the foundation and the rock that God is a prayer answering God and that nothing cannot be changed by God if we'll pray, if we'll pray. And, uh, and her prayers, our prayers, I can tell you, are very Effective. She was even one that at times peacefully protested against the law. But her prayers were far more more effective than, than protest. I can tell you, I can tell you this right now. If we'll pray, God will change. He'll change anything, He can turn things around. Amen. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it whithersoever he will. Amen. Thank God there's somebody that hears from heaven. That hears and has a heart for God. But God finally one day changed it all because of people's prayers for all these years. So, what do we learn from this? What do we learn from the scripture that we're reading today? Number one is do not stop praying for the things that you want God to you want to see changed, and what you want God to change, and what is His will. Do not stop praying, keep praying. Because the answer, the answers are on the way. The Bible says he hastens to perform his word. And answers come abruptly. They come surprisingly at times. They come unexpectedly and shocking. It's shocking how they manifest. (laughs) But they do. That's what's so beautiful. You know, one day... It was King Cyrus, he just just rose up one day and said, I want the people of Israel that are here in captivity to go back and begin to build Jerusalem and Israel again and restore the worship. And he said, I'm the king of this land, the known power of that time world power, and he said, I'm not only going to give them the authority and release them to go, but I'm going to provide everything that they need to see it come to pass, and he did, and there was another king after him that did the same thing, and there was another king after him that did the same thing, God knows how to touch the heart of the King. He knows how to touch the, uh, the the husband that's not serving God. He knows how to touch the wife that doesn't believe in God or the husband that doesn't believe in God. He knows how to touch your children that have rejected God. He knows how to touch your family that's backslidden. They know God, but they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. He knows how to get a hold of them. Amen. He knows. He knows. And I'm so grateful that the answers come. And so I encourage encourage you today and the Word of God encourages us don't stop praying but wait for the promise wait for the consolation wait for the answer that will come the consoling of your heart the comfort in your heart in your life the exhort to you and the encouragement to you to keep on believing God until he brings it to pass be that prophetic answer and 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 God will bring that consolation That prophetic answer in ways that you never even dreamed that He would. God is working. You know, last night I went to uh, Rocky's birthday party. And uh, I, I was there, and she came to me specifically on Thursday and asked me if I would come to her party. And and I told her, I'll come. If I can get back from camp in time, I'll come. You know, she'd been here for many years and, and been in this church and been a blessing to me. Amen. I was thinking about so many things I could have stood up and said, but I just sat there and kept my mouth shut. But, but you know, she's she's been a blessing to me. She's been faithful. Amen. She's been, uh, you know, somebody that when I needed barbacoa, she brought it to me amen (laughs) praise the lord and uh, she made makes made the best barbacoa uh, i'm telling you i ever had in my life and people say well you know it's 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 i said no you ain't had rockies you don't understand but you know i and and i just have to kind of mention it from the pulpit and next week i'd have a crock pot with barbacoa in it i know how to get catfish and barbacoa and everything else just drop a few seeds it'll come to pass Pray over it, water it, mention it again, amen. Don't stop praying until you get your answer. But I walked into that party and you, you, I'm telling you, as I'm walking across all these people that I, I, the Lord showed me, 22 years, hallelujah, people that you have ministered to come running up to you, Pastor Jonathan, I haven't seen you in years, hug me, hug me. Some of them began to weep. They said, I'm coming back to church. I thought, I want you to. You need to be in the house of God. They're hugging me. Pastor Jonathan, I miss you so much. I said, Come to church. You're welcome there. This is your church. Come. Bring your family. Amen. But one right after the other, after the other, after. I thought, My Lord, there's so many people in here. I ought to run for mayor. My goodness, say everybody in here knows me. Even Rocky's daughter slipped and said, Pastor Jonathan, he knows everybody in here. I said, 22 years of just loving people on the streets, ministering to them going to where they were going to their places of business creating relationships or establishing them I said that's what ministry is all about it's not just getting up here behind this pulpit and preaching but it's being involved in people's lives and here I am the impact through the life of Christ in me not me but the life of Christ in me has made an impact upon them that they saw me and it was a gentle subtle reminder unto them that you know what you need to Get back to God. Amen. But God showed me something. He said, all the people that you've prayed for, loved, laid on your face before God for. He said, there's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. It's coming. It's coming. Because of what you've sown to. And he said, I gave you the promise that I was going to draw this city unto me. This people in this city. And he said, They're seeds that when they saw you walk through the door, God watered them again. He reminded them. I had somebody chase me out the door. Tears in their eyes. Come over, please pray for me, pastor. I said, my God, what an impact we make. And we don't even realize God through us has prophetically prayed for somebody. Or we prayed a prayer that, you know, God told us he would answer. And he just reminded us. I'm still going to answer that prayer. I haven't forgot the prayers that you've prayed. There's a consolation coming. There's a consolation coming. Oh, it was glorious last night. Glorious in this sense that God is still getting a hold of people. This is my life. This is what I want more than anything for people to get in the ark and to be right with God. So he said, I'm waiting for the consolation of the Lord. And God answered that prayer of a man of great devotion and great faith and hope. We've waited for the consolation for God to overturn an a, a edict of death. And he did. He did. He overturned it. And I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm so glad that it happened I'm rejoicing that it happened. But let me tell you something. Do you know what gives me an even greater excitement and joy? Is that God answered our prayer. that uh, It gave me a shot in the arm. God said, I'm not done. Don't stop praying. Keep believing me. I can change any circumstance. So the consolation that came for for, uh, Simeon was a baby Messiah. He didn't expect that. I believe he expected for God to raise up somebody and there be an adult that would come on the scene that would be like King David? Well, there was. But it wasn't a ruling and a reigning like Simeon thought. It wasn't coming to conquer the Roman army alone. But it was to come and conquer the dragon. It was to come and conquer the Antichrist spirit. It was to come and conquer that which has seemed to conquer and bring under subjection through curses and through debauchery and sin and death the devil. But God said, I'm sending my only son and one day Jesus hung on a cross and his blood was shed his life was taken or he laid his life down but he sacrificed his life and when he said it is finished at that moment all the chains were broken all the shackles were broken all of the bondage was broken hallelujah hallelujah My son, who I am very well pleased with, both of them, but Cameron spoke on Friday night. And I sat there, and God said to me, he said, I'm not done with this generation. Every generation I raise up a new crop of leaders. Amen. It may seem like there's nothing. Eli's, you know, not apost- only apostate, but just he's been disobedient to God. His sons have made a mockery of the things of God. And you would think, you know, yes, the Spirit of the Lord departed, but God said, I've got a Samuel waiting in the wings. Amen. I've got a Samuel waiting in the wings. Hallelujah. Where there's a Moses, he may have died, but there's a Joshua waiting in the wings. Amen. Hallelujah. Where there's an Elijah that he's taken up in a chariot of fire, there's an Elisha off on the side that God is preparing. Hallelujah. Where it seems like that there's nothing that God can or There's nothing that, that, to look forward to. An angel of the Lord steps into that cave and says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Amen. Yes. Thou mighty man of valor. Hallelujah, go in the Lord as one man, you'll take the whole army of the enemy. Down, Hallelujah. And I was thinking about that. And he said, Who am I? I'm the least of my brethren. That's what God needs. The least of his brethren. He needs you to be humble. But in humility he'll use you. And he said, He said, He said, Go as one man. He said, How could I? He said, Where's the miracles of our fathers? God doesn't want you to live off the miracles of your fathers. He wants you to see those miracles manifest in your life, in your generation right now. Yeah. And when Cameron preached and they started snipping those chords, I'll just give you a short synopsis of it. He had O Gabe strapped. He went around everything you can imagine. A person can be bound by strapped him to that chair. And he said, "You young people want to be free? Get up here, take these scissors and begin to confess unto God. Snip that thing. Get in that altar and God will liberate you." Amen. And he did. He had those chains wrapped around you know, Gabe took them off. Oh, I'm telling you, as God is my witness, I'm excited today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a country preacher. I got a country shirt on. Amen. Praise God. You just never know what's going to happen here. But as I was hallelujah, hallelujah, as I'm sitting there just watching these kids one by one come up, snip those cords, and just begin to say, God, but confessing that to, to Him and, and get it in that altar is so beautiful but the first one they took those chains amen sister skiles took them off first one but julissa came up oh my lord in heaven i don't know what she said to god i couldn't tell you the music was playing people were praying people were worshiping people were crying but she picked up those chains and whatever she said when she dropped it the spirit of god hit me like lightning I'm telling you that God's honest I It's just, whoa! When, when those chains hit that concrete floor, oh my God in heaven, the Spirit of God hit me like a lightning bolt. It's the Spirit of God. He said, I'm breaking chains. I'm breaking chains. We don't know what these kids have been exposed to or what they're dealing with. But God does amen and he knows when they mean business he knows and they responded even the kids at first that didn't want to come up and they sat there but eventually as they begin to see a so great a cloud of witnesses coming up there and getting free they said if God can do it for them he can do it for me amen and here they come and they clipped those cords they threw down those chains they ripped off that unbelief you know bandana and God began to say people free. The consolation of the Lord. He said, for Simeon, it was Jesus coming on the scene. But for you and I, it is a generation that will see the power and presence of God powerfully manifest in this generation. And let me tell you, you want to know why we got to have such a great power? Because we're fighting against a very wicked devil. But God said, I always equip my people for what they need, the task. Sin may abound, but grace does that much more abound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What you see in their lives, I'll break that. Amen. I've broken it already, but they're learning. This is awesome, church. It's awesome. The consolation of the Lord is God coming to His church one more time. And it ain't a baby Messiah like Simeon thought. It isn't the Roman army being overtaken by a natural king. But it's God doing a spiritual eternal work in the lives of people. Amen. Amen. I sat with somebody last night that kept talking to me about how, you know, we need to equip people for this life and everything. And I thought, you know, I'm listening to people and... and Everybody has a perspective or a revelation or understanding of the Bible, but not everybody's is right because i 'm going to tell you right now it doesn 't matter whether you in this generation are able to buy a house or not it doesn 't matter. I hope you can, I want you to I want you to be blessed, but that may never happen you 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 may never see accomplished in your life what your human mind wants or your fleshly man wants but what God wants you'll see come to pass in any generation and I'm gonna tell you right now amen God said I'm raising up an army I'm raising up an army I'm drawing people just like I told Noah to build that ark and those animals just came here they come one by one two by two Here they come. Somebody said, did he have to go out and corral all them animals? No. God put it in their mind to start making their way towards that ark. Amen. Hallelujah. And how much more can he deal with you and me? There are people sitting in this room. God put a hook in your jaw. And he said, come on over here to church. Amen. Come on over here to the house of God. My God in heaven. Come on. You know I'm telling you the truth. I don't care if you're out there. Amen. Away from God and you once knew Him and He brought you in. But He'll bring you. I don't care if you've never known Him in the depth that you can. He'll bring you. Amen. He'll bring you. I want to confess something. I'm going to tell you and I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say it about myself. But you know, we're so bad about judging on the outward. And there have been people here recently that come through the doors and the first thought is, you know what? They're probably never going to be interested in God. But don't you judge a book by its cover. God knows how to get a hold of anybody. He's doing something. Amen. He's doing something. It's powerful. Amen. I never thought Roger would be here today. The man of God that he is. He loves God. He worships God. He never met a stranger. Amen. You, we, we'll, we'll, we'll meet up and we will get to Jesus before it's all said and done. Amen. We'll talk whatever. You want to talk baseball, you want to talk food, restaurant, work, whatever. But eventually we're going to narrow it down to Jesus. And we're going to have a coming to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. How do I know that? Because every time it seemed like when he first got, here's people right behind him. I said, he'd been talking to people. That's the power of God. In a man, oh, let me get up here and finish. Hallelujah! It's real easy to preach. Becky proved that. I almost stepped back and said, Go on, sis. Amen. Let me get my hanky out and pray. Hallelujah! Go, go. Amen. No, I love it. I love it. I didn't used to love it, but I love it now. Amen. I just you just get get a hold of God and just let the fire take the anointing and run with it. I'll kick my leg, Amen, and shout and praise God. Oh, amen you. <laughs> There's a corporate anointing here. And God has built it and established it and birthed it and nurtured it. That's why you see 13:14. You know 50, 60 in the altar up here worshiping God. Amen. God told me years ago, don't ever divide the youth from the adults. You keep them together. Got churches? that well, we go over to youth. You know, they have their youth worship and we have our worship. You've already started division in the church. Let's all worship together. That's the way it's supposed to be. let me move on here God wants to as he said bring about the consolation in verse 32 he said it'll be a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of Israel the Gentiles were the were the heathens they were the you know the the uh, the heathens that's what they were they were the people that did not know God they were those of false religion and idolatry or idolatry rather but he said God wants to lighten the Light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. The people you think will never come to God. The infidels. Those that don't know God. Those, I'm telling you, their father is the devil. God can change that. He has changed it. God wants to awaken a generation through the outpourings. He has brought to us in 2022. But he also wants to manifest and show his glory in his church and of his church. Because the church he's coming back for, his church, is a glorious church. It's a church just like you saw here this morning that's worshiping God. You know what's so awesome is people come in and sometimes their first, their first you know, impression or their first thoughts is, man, it's a little bit much, you know. But it ain't long Jesus gets a hold of them, and they're up here with everybody else. There's people that I saw at camp I've never seen shout and dance. They danced all over that place. Amen. Amen. They danced all over that place. I would never mention names. Amen. I'll stop right here. But, I mean, we had some... We had some folks up there that were shouting and dancing and praising. We had young people shouting and praising God. The Lord said, look at that. Look at the joy. Look at the excitement. Look at look at them. These kids that walk around because they're so bound by their technology. They have no life. They're dead. Three days of no technology, no phone, no nothing. Just you and Jesus. It's amazing how that that death veil begins to lift. They come alive. So he wants to manifest and show his glory in his church. The Bible says in verse 38 that Anna, seeing the same thing that Simeon did, had a response. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of Him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So with everything that's happened, it has a purpose and it has or demands a response from us. Church, we are the generation that is seeing God move in biblical proportion. We are witnessing the mighty power of God and not so we can just shout. Young people, listen to me. Not so you can just shout. God wants you to have more than a shout. He wants you to have more than a camp experience. He wants every day of your life for you to walk before the Lord. Pastor Duke used to say it so awesome, and I think it was his dad that said it. He said it isn't your talky-talky, but your walky-walky. As my dad used to say, it ain't how high you shout, but, but you know how you walk when you hit the ground. I remember people shouting on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, their life was falling apart. My dad said, what did they get? I said, apparently nothing. But whenever you got something, Monday morning when the crisis hits, you don't fall apart. People say, you need a new Bible, your Bible's ripped to shreds. I said, if you see somebody that has a Bible that's falling apart, I can tell you their life ain't. Because they're in that thing. So it's not to shout. As, and we want you to shout. But I want you to have some substance when you hit the ground. I want you when you're at school to be a witness unto the people around you. I look back now and I think, you know, the devil had me so disillusioned well I wasn't saved but so introverted and so you know and I thought if I was then who I am now in God I'm going to tell you we'd have turned Fox Senior High upside down I'd have been out there right there in the in the in the smoking uh, you know area where they had you know that was back when you couldn't smoke uh, in the school but they had a smoking lounge for the kids and there's about I don't know fifty hundred people in there throughout each and every class and they had to smoke quick but you know I thought I'd have went by there and just said you know you you don't have to do this I'd preach out there in the commons area I believe with all my heart and young people you are in a generation you are in a church where God has done so much and showed you so much, and done so much in your life, you have that witness down deep within you, and you must go and share it with the world. You have a mandate. You have a call. You have orders from headquarters. Where is that in your message, Pastor? The Bible says that Anna came in And she saw everything that took place. And she said, it happened. It's happened. My God, today's the day. Here comes the consolation of Israel. Here comes salvation. Simeon picked him up and he said oh I see salvation right here. Here's the consolation. Anna said glory to God. Glory to God. And you know what she did? She immediately started speaking of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She came over and said we found him. Amen. We found him. We found the consolation. What a baby. Yes we found him. He is the Messiah we are witnessing the mighty power of God and not so we can just shout but to take that life to the world go ye into all the world and preach the gospel lay hands on the sick I'm going to tell you, you want healing. Uh, these young people, they're full of God. Amen. You need healing. They believe God. Let them lay hands on you. Let one of them sparks get up here and lay hands on you. Amen. Amen. My God. I'm closing with this, I promise you. My promises are open ended though. <laughs> Second Corinthians four verse one. The apostle Paul said, Therefore seeing Second Corinthians four one. it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. You want to know why people aren't hearing the word? The enemy's blinded their eyes. So now you got to start changing your prayer. God, lift the blindness from their eyes. Give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that feels. And he said, lest the world hath blinded them. Okay, let me go. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Paul said, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. I want you to know today That you will impact people's lives. And it's not you, it's Christ in you. A lot of times they don't understand that. But you've got to know the life of God coming through you. You are the only Jesus they see. You are the Bible to them. You are the gospel to them. As you share that, as you love them, you know, they don't know any better. All they know is what they see and feel in you and what you've spoken to them. Now, I know that it will bring itself to a place of correction if you'll point them to Christ, and we must do that. But he said, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves for your servants, for Jesus' sake. So it's not the preacher. Please don't ever have preacher religion. I'm not the Messiah. Nobody in here is the Messiah Christ is the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. We're to lead him, lead them to Him. But when Christ is upon you, it's only a natural response for people to be drawn to you and the Christ in you. It's not you. It's Christ in you. But He said, we, we preach on ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I know he's talking about going through persecution and afflictions and things in this life. And what he was saying is people see us go through those things and they see us not falling apart. They know there's something inside of us that they need and want. Amen. The answer is Jesus for their lives. But how will they know him? Except we tell them. We have a responsibility to live it before them. And live it the right way we're supposed to. Not in hypocrisy. Not in poor examples. Or as poor examples. Not, you know, uh, uh, being dishonest or crafty. Or being disingenuous. But being the real deal. People will see Christ in you. And they'll say, I want what you've got. We're walking epistles. He said that the light of the glorious gospel would shine through you. The world is under darkness and blindness, but God has called a generation to rise up. And he said, what we've longed for, searched for, prayed for, we're seeing happen. We're seeing happen. Things are shifting. God's shifting the atmosphere. And He's shifting it in our lives too. Amen. He's shifting it in our lives too. I was in prayer Friday. Maybe it was Thursday. I don't remember which day it was, but I was seeking the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and He said, do you remember years ago there was a man that prophesied over you or prayed over you, said to me, he said, one day, Pastor Jonathan, There is going to be a great revival in this church and in this city. God reminded me of that Thursday or Friday when I was praying. He reminded me and He said, I'm beginning that work now. He's doing it, Esther. He's doing it. And the Lord said, if I'd have done that when you first started, it went right here. You were too immature. You had too many other things that you thought, you know, you were misunderstood. Or not misunderstood, but that, that, that you were wrong about. I'll just keep it at that. But he said, I've done something in you, and I've done something in that church. And I'm still working in the church, okay? I'm still working in that body. But he said, I'm bringing about a revival and raising up in this house young people that will be the ministers of this final generation that I'm coming back for amen they will have a voice to tell the story eyes to see the hurting and arms that can reach out to people in love he's calling you young people he's calling you young adults He's calling us elders in the church to be the prayer warriors for this generation that's come. He said, if I answered Simeon's prayer, I'm answering your prayer and others that have prayed for this is that. Peter came down and said, God responded surprisingly, abruptly, quickly. He just blew our minds. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This outpouring of his spirit, what he's begun, he ain't done yet. This is just the beginning, amen. It's just the beginning. Praise God, praise God. So what does that say to you and I? Let's get on with it with God, amen. Young people, get on with it. Tell everybody about Jesus. Church, tell everybody. Christ is the answer, and it's the day of his performing word. He is ministering to people quickly. You'll go talk to them. You just run up to him and talk to them. I was sharing with, with uh, the church on Thursday, and I think I even told the young people at camp. But I went through El Pollo Loco. I come out. There was a man over there. He's a crazy guy. Well, he's demon-possessed. He's down there always at Harbor and Imperial they don't have a shirt on, got black hair, real dark, dirty, and all that. But as I come through there, I thought, Lord, you know, he's a wild man. He's a wild man, and uh, I said but he needs deliverance. And he said, when you drive by there, you roll down your window and you shout out to him, cry out to Jesus. Every time I said, cry out to Jesus, sir, cry out to Jesus. He's, because ooh, ooh. what God was doing is He was going beyond that devil that was possessing his mind and he was speaking a word of faith to that man and saying, you can cry out to God and in his lowest moment he's going to come to himself and he's going to say, Lord Jesus, please help me and that's when God's going to say devil, take your hands off of him. Amen. 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 This morning we serve a God who answers prayer. And so, in closing, if we want to bring our petition that we've prayed and believed God for, come in faith, come in hope, and say, Lord, I just want one more time to bring this petition before you. Maybe you want to rejoice in what God has done. All right. Whatever God deals with you to do, you do it today. Whether it's rejoice and praise or bring that petition before Him and rejoice in praise also. Or if you're here today and you say, I do not know the Lord like you're talking about, you can today. You can today. You should today. Because you're not promised your next breath. We can pull out that driveway and be absolutely taken out in a car accident. We can, God can... Call us home like that. Will you be ready to meet him whenever he calls? That is why you must know it's heaven or hell. It's heaven or hell. Let's make things right with God. Come. Receive Christ. Come. We're going to open up the altars. You can come down here and pray. And you say, I don't know how to pray, Pastor. If you'll come, we got people that will pray with you. we got people that will lift you up and will pray with you and that will encourage you. I encourage you to do that today. Today is your day of salvation. Don't you walk out that door the same way you came. Leave this place built up and encouraged and saved today. Christ is your answer. Would you bow your heads and stand with me this morning? Jesus, 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 almighty oh, God, mighty God, let revival, God, not only begin because it's already begun, but let it continue. Let there be a great move of God in this house and a stirring this morning, God, begin to move and minister as we thank you for what you've done. God, as we praise you for what you've done, as we glorify you and we bring every petition before you this morning. God, I'm seeking you and asking you to draw by your spirit, draw people in this house today, God, for whatever they have need of today. It's their hope. It's their consolation today. And I'm asking you, God, to Draw them by your Spirit. Bring it to pass in the name of Jesus, my God, my God.